Well, howdy, Mark. Well, howdy, howdy, Johnny. How are you, good buddy? I am doing good, man. I'm I'm drinking a Trekkenskama. Trekkenskama Kolsch. Okay. Apparently some brewery okay. In, okay. in Cologne that was founded in 1442. It's got some pretty bitchin' paddles on it. What are you up to, man? Bitchin' paddles. Okay, yeah, bitchin' bitch paddles. paddles. That's... <laughs> <laughs> like, not quite your trusty board of education or old spankies, if you will, but pretty gnarly looking paddles. That's... <laughs> uh, it's weird you bring that up because I got some problems that I probably Ooh. deserve a paddle in four. <laughs> oh boy, what'd you do? Uh, you remember a couple years ago when I was a produce wizard? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, at some point I got nominated to do something. It was a corn shucking contest, and it was it was dumb, but I was really good. I could do a case of corn that's forty eight ears in about thirty seven seconds. I was the man. Oh damn! Okay. Um. Yeah. 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 So. Um, every year, you know, the store would get, or corporate would sponsor one member of every store to go to this big old corn shucking competition up in the big city there. And, um, yours truly went up and you know how people say, like, just because you're good at a thing, it doesn't entitle you to anything. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, oh my God, Johnny, you have the highest performing King of the Hill podcast in both Colorado and... Westphalia, Germany, that and, you know, 80 cents will buy you a cafe. Like, right. Yeah. So like all, all well and good. I go up, I shuck some corn. I make, I take second. Um, but there's these people there and, you know, I don't know. Every subset has a, everything has a fan base and, you know, nine news was there. They recorded it and, Come to find out, there's these things called uh, shuck fuckers, and they're the girls that come to the corn shucking <laughs> competitions and get all horned up for the gentlemen. Well, tell you what, John, I did a little bit of tomcatting in Denver, and now cut to the future a couple years later. Uh, this kid shows up at my door, and he looks just like me, but he's three foot tall. He already got a beard. And uh, he goes, my mommy dropped me off. And I'm like, what? My mommy dropped me off. She says that you're my papa. And I said, look at me, boy. I ain't shit, daddy. I got better things to do, like record the dang old podcast. <laughs> you know, see that his his first problem was he wasn't in the room with you while you were like getting surgery or something, and he didn't tell you that he works for you. <laughs> if he worked for me, I'd be like, "Oh, you're my new sound intern. Awesome, get these fucking mics to patch." Cause... Exactly. He'd also be like, "You're my daddy, or I'm your daddy." <laughs> Oh man! Welcome everybody. I'm welcome, your daddy. To, welcome to the Dang Old Podcast. This here is a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy Mark, we talk about that beloved animation classic, King of the Hill, by Mike Judge. We take two episodes each week, and we talk about what we likes, what we don't likes, uh, what is all the the, the fun stuff in between. We uh, talk about if it's still watchable today. Uh, we got a patented rating scale that we throw, we slap a rating on at the end, and yeah, it's uh, it's been one hell of a trip, Mark, because we're we're knee deep into season thirteen now. Uh, I think I counted after this week, we have seven more episodes, seven more wow. to go. Wow, so, that's wow. It's 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 uh, guys, we we are we can literally see the end of the finish line, and Mark. The only thing I can say when I see the end of the, the finish line is 
black man running with a torch and nobody can do a damn thing about it. <laughs> Especially if it's the Olympic Is that torch. our Is that our intern? The giant black guy with the torch? Okay, good. <laughs> I, he lost all that weight. I felt, you know, I wanted to he inspired me, so I made you hire him. But then as soon as he showed up, I saw a dog that did something cool and made you hire that dog too, so. <laughs> John, let's talk about Damn this episode. <laughs> um, guys, we're going we're gonna to keep on trucking along here because otherwise it's just going to devolve into chaos. Uh, we're starting out this week with episode 243, Lucky Sea, Monkey Do. Original air date, February 8th, 2009. This is written by Paul Corrigan and Brad Walsh. Mark, where did we last see Corrigan and Walsh? Oh, you'd think I'd learn how to write these down because it takes forever for my little phone to load up its little goddamn spreadsheet. We just saw them. Well, oh, it's no, magic wait. magic of editing. We just saw them and we just saw them in Lucky Sea Monkey Do, John. No. Yeah. We just saw. That is correct, which is the best kind of correct. Well, that was the last one on my sheet. And I was like, oh, there they are. Port Corgan and Walsh. Uh, we just saw them in uh, Earthy Girls Are Easy and uh, No Bobby Left Behind. Okay. We are generally, we like them, but they only get butanes out of us. And every time they do an episode, we do it as a two-tane. So we'll see what happens this week. Interesting. Yeah, we may break a trend this week, but we may not. It depends. Um, Cool. Well, Corrigan and Walsh, you, you have yet to like really wow us, but every uh, every pig has its day, I suppose. And then you get sent to the slaughterhouse, which... You know what? I don't know if we're going to see another episode by you guys, so maybe this is your slaughterhouse moment. Uh, this oh, God, is it? it I, don't, I don't know. Honestly, we're in the last season, so I have a feeling every episode could be these a pair of writers or writers' last episode. <laughs> At one point, they've got to stop. Wow. I'm pretty sure our other episode How? this week is Dotree's last, so... Ooh. Ooh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, our cast of characters this week, we have Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boom Hauer, Lucky Platter, whoop, Luann Platter, Lucky Kleinschmidt, sorry about that, guys. Our <laughs> guests are Myrna Kleinschmidt, Nancy Gribble, Joseph Gribble, Min and Khan Supanusimpone, Jane Tattersall, Gracie Kleinschmidt, an introduction for everybody, Gloria, and Mark, somebody at the wiki was watching just like you was, because we have a non-speaking cameo from one... Sharona Johnson. It's not fair. She tries so hard. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, you already ruined my joke, and that makes me happy. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Well, no, no. go back. We can go back. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's later in It's later in my notes. Damn it. It's in my prose. Well, I just said Well, Sharona let me keep Johnson's drinking beer, here. and I'm sure by the time we get to your prose, I'll have forgotten it, and it'll be funny again. <laughs> it's fine. Um... Synopsis here, we witness the birth of Luann and Lucky's child. We don't actually witness this, guys. That would be gross and probably, like, blow the animation budget. Uh, and we meet Lucky's sister. Bill goes, on a... <laughs> Bill goes on a road trip to potentially commit a sex crime. Mark, our A story is Peggy, Luann, and Myrna. B story is Bill. <laughs> wow, we are frisky today. Um, let's get into some notes. Number one, fuck you. <laughs> Come on, if you're going to work, wait, blow the animation budget. Not to mention totally turn Mark off of Luann for the rest of his life. That's the way you do it. I gotta blow the tires out on the old Beetle, I reckon. Um, yeah. 
get food poisoning, so you hate cheesecake. Are we talking about notes? Because I've been thinking about yep. what Luann's downstairs business looks like for the last, well, since you said blow the animation budget. Wrecked. And it oscillates between Junji Ito-esque Japan anime oh. horror and <laughs> the other type of animation that Japan is well-renowned for. Anyway, notes. Um, Hey, did you notice we got, like, a new high-definition intro? I did not, but also you are watching this on an actual verified platform. Mine has a little oh, teaser yeah. banner at the bottom that says, don't forget next week's episode on February 15th of King of the Hill. So this is original run <laughs> shit stolen from the TV. Well, so it would still be in high definition then if that's the original. Yeah, so you would have gotten it. You just didn't see it. it, it, it yeah, um, no, I don't I think just, it was it's... coded HD. Yeah, no, it's just real pretty now. Um, mm. 13 seasons in and it got pretty. But weirdly enough, um, Buckley still picks up Luann. I, and then I thought I manufactured a memory of, like, Lucky picking her up in Pretty Pretty Truck Truck, but I guess not. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, holy shit, Luann exploded. Yeah. <laughs> God yeah, damn. I mean, if you're going to wait a year and a half to finally actually start showing, then it's probably all going to come at once. <laughs> um, Sharona Johnson's at the baby shower and nobody cared because <laughs> everybody I mean, saw it. And then I looked and did. I didn't recognize anybody from the beauty academy. Like, yeah, we didn't see Kremser there. We didn't see any of uh, Sharona's like a gaggle of hens because she always had like three little cronies hanging out with her. Um, right. I don't know. I, I, I can appreciate that Sharona Johnson felt like she was good enough friends with Luann to show up to her baby shower, right? Because theoretically, they haven't worked together since she left for community college. Right. Because she never went back to the beauty academy. Yeah, right. So, I know that's... I I'm Except give... she did, but she didn't, but she did. Yeah, well, she ended up just taking the test, Remember... I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but remember we had that problem with Buckley's Angel and, like, he convinced her to stop going, right? And yeah. then I forget which episode it was and, like, all of a sudden she's back at the Beauty Academy and it's like, wait, what? Oh, That's, yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. There's, like, a weird continuity yeah. flub there or some shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, it's it gets, shit like that and, like, there's two real timelines. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. I will give Corrigan and Walsh some credit here, like... I don't know if they intentionally wrote Sharona Johnson into the background or or if it was the animators in charge, but they went, oh, yeah, this lady's associated, like, this character model's associated with Luann. She would be at her shower. Cool, let's do it. Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I appreciated Sharona Johnson. I did, too, just as a background gag. Like, yeah. I just, I was just amazed to see that she was the only one, you yeah. know? Um, those kids ain't right. Ha ha ha. Bobby said the line. I don't know. It pissed me yeah, off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Myrna's a bitch. <laughs> oh, I didn't get to tell you who the, she's our guest star. Do you know, did you recognize the voice, Mark? Yeah. It's uh the woman who comes into every TV show and tells people how to fix themselves. It's Paget Brewster. You yeah. might remember her as the weird, like, investigator in Law and Order Special Victims Unit who was, in fact, dirty herself, or Frankie in Community who was there to make it all better. And actually, I really like her in Community. I love yeah. her in Community. 
Um, t- so she, oh God, what's, I can't remember the, the actress's name now. Paget Brewster, because she's like known for having this stone cold, like resting bitch face and stark black hair, right? Um, yeah. She is always reminding me of the, the woman who plays the live action Morticia Adams. It's Angela something. Oh, um, I just want to say Lansbury. It'll it's not, not Dickinson, Angela right? Lansbury. <laughs> not Dickinson, right? Not Angie Dickinson, no. I got nothing. It's anyway, <laughs> she she always reminds me of like pre-evolved version of her. It's like, this is what okay. Patrick Brewster okay. is going to look like when she gets a little bit older. Hmm. All right. I'm going to look up her name. You keep going. This is going to bug okay, me. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Um, yes, we should all be taking parenting classes. It ought to be fucking mandatory. And you also ought to get a license before being allowed to have a child. Because this is a human life you are bringing into existence. And people are fucking terrible and dumb. And, like, you're not even dumb on purpose. But, like, so, John, I don't know. We haven't really talked about you being an uncle. You have two nephews. But, like, when's the last time your mom was responsible for a baby? Because I bet your mom would kill a baby. Because I bet my mom would kill a baby. You know what I mean? Like, And that's probably, no shade probably. to either one of our mothers, but it's been no. 30 years or more since they had to do that. Like, Yeah. It's Angelica <laughs> Houston, know, by the like, way. I was Angelica close. Houston. You said, yeah, okay. Okay, there we go. Okay. I was close with Angela, but Angelica Houston. Like, If you look at Angelica Houston and Paget Brewster side by side, you tell me there's not a fucking Pokemon evolution there. Okay, okay. Um, no, you're it, like, it's, it's a weird premise to this episode because it's, it's like, do, all right, do we feel bad for Peggy or do we like get mad that she is going to potentially be the one to help Luann here because we know she is and that she might just fuck up this kid. And it's like, well, I mean, we, we love Bobby. Why would we not want another Bobby? That's the way I'm going to choose to look at this. <laughs> but that boy ain't right either. Yeah, but we can do it all again. With a different gender. I guess. I I don't know. Um, I like the idea that in the reboot, Bobby has like become the uh, the ward. Or Gracie's become like Bobby's ward, you know? <laughs> just, I'm because trying to, Luann to find and Lucky, a way. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, like Luann and Lucky are driving home and, you know, Lucky's like, I got a new catalytic converter. I bet I can beat that train, baby girl. And... Luann's like, pitta, pitta, check, check, can do it. And the train just obliterates him. And, you know, Gracie's at school and Bobby picks her up. And then she works on the food truck while he does his podcast in the back. Yep. <laughs> See, I'm just, I'm trying to imagine how we, how we turn the content of aisle 8A into prop comedy. And like, like what sort of jokes Gracie's going to be cracking? Because if she's Bobby's ward, then that's what she's going to be doing. Like my flow's so heavy, and slap you with like a pad that's smothered in ketchup. See, I had the joke that she somehow gets her hands on blue liquid and just starts pouring it everywhere, and she's like, "Oh God, I'm not experiencing megalosorbency." <laughs> Is that highly inappropriate, female oh, listeners? Am I sorry? Is. I think I'm. I think I'm sorry for that, but I just. Every single fucking tampon and or pad commercial I've ever seen, they're dumping blue liquid onto it. And it's like, why is it blue? We all know what it is. Just fucking man up and say, this will get your pussy blood. Like, identifying females, Just call it and stop. (laughs) Please, please tell us if we're being way out of line here. 
But we, I definitely think they should just straight up fucking put red liquid on there. Don't make it weird. We all know what's fucking going in there. What are we talking about? Blue liquid and Lua red. Anyway, I just, yeah. Yeah. She, Gracie's going to make the joke about like megalozorbency. She's going to be crazy hot, but she's going to have <laughs> fucked up teeth. Like, because Lucky has like genetic dental problems in his family, yeah. which is no fucking joke, kids. You don't laugh at that. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, she's. I don't, or she'll be, I, I don't know. Is it funny? I know we're totally derailing here, but is it funnier to make Gracie smart or dumb? Or just average? Like, okay, so on the scale of Bobby, or so, no, sorry. On the scale of Connie to, like, Joseph, where should Gracie be? So we have we have a spectrum here. Well, not a spectrum. We have We have four levels here, and three out of four levels are something we've already currently fucking explored to death, right? Connie, the brainiac, top, top tier, we've explored to death. Mm-hmm. Joseph, the absolute bottom tier of dumbassness, we've explored to death. We have Bobby, who is average intelligence on the lower end, right? Mm-hmm. He is not the smartest kid in the world, but he's not Joseph by a long shot. So what we're missing here is average intelligence into the higher spectrum. So we need something that's not as quite as smart as, as uh, Connie, but smart enough to like, I don't know, get into considerable trouble or like think of, of crazy schemes or something like that. I know you're, you're not a huge fan. Guys, if you, if you ever want to hear Mark talk some mad shit, go listen to um, his Adventure Time Two Wizards uh, about uh, Kristen Schaal. I, I know you're not a huge fan of I did not Kristen talk mad Schaal. shit. I got sick of hearing Kristen Schaal. She was <laughs> everywhere. It was somebody fucking had like a big old glitter box full of Kristen Shaw glitter and fucking dropped it at the strip club and it got into the vents and now it's everywhere. It's infected the fucking town. <laughs> and it's all Kristen Shaw glitter. Like, okay. I'm not <laughs> hating. I'm really glad she got all that goddamn work. I just wish I could have heard fucking any other female voice actors do any other fucking role. Okay. First, first off, buddy, I'm not saying <laughs> Damn it, your you position is wrong. Me by my own Leon. I am not saying your position is wrong. And second, you are not the only one on that podcast that that is as passionate about this issue because Josh is just as bad. Um, But no, so. Yeah, two white guys bitching about a woman. Yeah. (laughs) The the character. And I I know how bad it sounds. I'm sorry. No, no. The character I want to put into the King of the Hill universe is somebody with the intelligence of Louise Belcher. That's where I was going with this, with the Kristen Shaw reference, uh, because Louise so Belcher just too is smart not for her own smart. good, but not as terrible. Yes, exactly. Like she yeah. is not a genius by any means. She's an average kid that has a little above average intelligence and can get into some shit. I want to see that play out in the King of the Hill universe, not the the Bob's Burgers universe where the kids are infallible and nobody ever does anything. And then Gracie starts dating. The child of Connie and Joseph. Mm. <laughs> worlds upon worlds. We spent too much time on this. I'm sorry. Um. Anyway, we're yeah, we're still on notes and we're 20 minutes in. Um. <laughs> wasn't Baby Einstein like wildly debunked? Oh yeah. And people were just like, "It's terrible for your kid." And oh, um, now there, we a lot of people. And, a lot of people straight up said that it gave your kid autism because, it, or like epilepsy because of the flashing lights and shit. Jesus Christ. I don't remember. I like, I'm not going to totally qualify any of that shit with, with verifiable data here. It's just what I remember hearing. I just remember there was a big controversy about it because like 
for years they were like, this is how children should learn, and now they're like, and then a couple years later it was like, this is not how children should be learning. I don't know. Um, finally, if Bobby had stuck around in the room, if they had gone through with Myrna's plan, um, that would have been the second birth that Bobby had witnessed. And then I gotta wonder, did we lose a line of Bobby going, oh god, it's got hair! Again. Yeah. For the second time in this series. Also, Joseph is about to burn out his goddamn fun saver cam- camera with Luann getting into the pool. Okay, there, I said it. <laughs> Here's a fun saver. <laughs> Those are my notes 20 minutes in. What do you got for me, buddy? Hot damn. Uh, first off, early in this episode, we have a sighting of a King of the Hill regular. We have not, I feel like we have not seen for a while. We have a Chuck Mangione okay. sighting. Do we? Not hit Chuck himself, but like a reference to Chuck Mangione. He's on a, they're at, when they're walking through the opening scene or doing something at the Megalomart. Oh. There's a Chuck Mangione yeah, that end poster. Cap. Yeah. 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 Okay. And okay, I was just like, gotcha. we haven't seen Chuck for a while. Thanks, guys. Thanks for bringing him back. Uh, we have want a burger instead of what a burger, which is really right, really weird because we know what a burger exists in Ireland. So what the fuck is a want a burger? Not trademarked. I I suppose. I mean, we got what, literal yeah. what a burger stuff in an earlier episode. We've talked about it before because I brought it up because there's like what a burger, lot of burger, and then like. Whataburger, like W-U-T. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like season 13 is the wrong time to bring this up because now all we have is uh, the the breadth of our episode catalog to look back on. But I feel like, <laughs> okay. uh, I, I feel like there's an episode trope that you and I have never directly called out. Correct me if I'm wrong. I have been drinking. Um, but we, this is a Peggy has a rival episode. And that seems to be an episode trope yes. that we're hearing, right? Um, the ones that I could think yeah. of off the top of my head, and I went through the, to the wiki and found specific character names here because even I'm not that fucking good. But we have Peggy Donovan, <laughs> the uh, Heather Locklear's character. The substitute teacher from yep. um, um, Old Glory. Yes, exactly. So yeah, we have yeah. Donovan. Yep. Um, we have Claire, okay. the one from Are You There, Margaret Hill? It's me, Peggy Hill. Or Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret Hill. Um, the one that yeah, she, her rival. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think at multiple episodes, it feels like Jimmy Witchert is her rival or at least her <laughs> contemporary. But goddamn, he's the Jimmy, guy that like you keep. He's that asshole you keep running into that you hate and he's just always around. Yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah like he's just a force of vague menace. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I'm going to put the entire Sizemore Realty team on there as Peggy's rivals. <laughs> I mean, rival in the way that she's the best one of them, you know? Even Chris Sizemore, because he's kind of a fucking dick. Yeah, he is. Um, but anyway, so this is with Myrna. Myrna is her rival this episode, right? It's, hey, there's a force of menace. We can even we can call out her mom being a rival, because that's a big one. We can call out Hank's um, um, mono hoochie girl is a rival. Like, this seems to be a, a very big episode trope. Like, okay, we need Peggy to be mad at somebody like, have a rival. Yeah. It's just interesting. Um, I don't know if we'll have another Peggy rival episode. We we might. They like to use the. They like to use it. Um, 
I don't know in the baby. Stop doing scene. this. Somebody gonna die. Stop doing that. Oh yeah, this is the last time we might see a rider. Oh, this is the last time we might see this trope. Oh yeah, this is the last time we'll see Lucky's terrible fucking mouth. Like, stop doing it. Stop it. Well, next episode. I'm not ready to say goodbye it. yet. <laughs> next episode's gonna be a It's seven weeks, sad one. and I'm not ready. <laughs> um, it's okay, buddy. We have shit in the pipeline. We're good. Um, it's so, so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> The baby proofing scene. We're moving on, damn it. The baby proofing scene where they're all crawling around and shit on the floor. And <laughs> I, I love Dale's like, baby can use anything like a weapon. Like this weapon. I love that. I love that <laughs> shit. Um, but I noticed in the background, did you know that Lucky has the same taste in neon signs as Chet Elderson? <laughs> he has the same Alamo beer sign. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it makes me laugh. That... Now... Okay, oh, that's why that's why Gracie's got to go live with them because Lucky yes. plugged in Chet Ellerson's sign and burnt down the house. Is that what you were just gonna say? Did yes. I just totally steal your fucking thunder? I'm sorry. Uh, no, okay, no, well, no, no, no. You sorry. read my fucking mind like a good co-host. That's what you did. <laughs> I'm gonna let you get a joke in this episode. I swear to God. That's nah, fine. Um, Mark, I have a question for you. Okay. Why does Lucky have a crocodile Dundee, Dundee knife lying around, just hanging around in his house? Wrong answers only. What does he do with that fucking knife right under the TV? You know, remember when you used to have to reset the TV by hitting a little button if it got overpowered? Yeah. Yeah, it's that. Okay. Or okay. he's like me, and he just... You know, has weapons around his house. There's still a dude. There's still a fucking. I've, I've been cleaning up because, like, apparently all a high hammock is converging on me, like, this week. And, like, I've been cleaning my house and, like, kind of trying a little bit harder, like, than what you normally do. Because, you know, when people are in your house, you want it to look good. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, there was a Viking battle axe by the back door and there was a set of nunchucks hanging out the fire extinguisher in my kitchen. So, am I lucky? Question mark? Maybe, maybe. I mean, you are the only person I know with hook swords. Also. <laughs> I I just, I want to think it's it's either something really gross or something really just, like, obnoxiously inconvenient, right? So I either want him to be, like, the, the asshole that's watching TV and picking the crap out from underneath his toenails with it. Oh. Yep, yep. Or, and or, and or, because it can be both, uh, it, it's his cheese knife. It can be both. Yeah, he would go get, like, a block of American cheese and think it was, like, classy. Yeah. Ugh. So, there you go. Uh, my last question for you, buddy, before we move on to pros and cons here, is do you genuinely think that Armorall would make it so that Placenta could wipe away from your car? Y you know, that's not a question I ever thought I'd need to ask myself. <laughs> And um, I'm just going to go ahead and maintain that illusion and not answer it, because that's the worst fucking thing I can imagine. Give me your pros, buddy. Uh, well, so here's the follow-up to that. You reckon pretty, pretty truck trucks got cloth seats or vinyl seats? Oh, I hope vinyl. Vinyl seems Ooh. way less classy than cloth. <laughs> okay, I am severely depressed. Um, have you, we should, before we get there, we should talk about the B plot. It's, uh, Bill and the real girls. Oh, yeah, that's right. I totally spaced the B, B plot. 
No, it's all right. It's been a minute since we had like a dedicated, devoted B plot. Well, not really. We just got Luann and Lucky getting their wedding presents, and that was a year after they'd gotten married. But hey, whatever. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's been a while since we've had anybody trying to get jailbait. Okay, I don't think Bill's trying to get jailbait though. He didn't know. He didn't. But it could. That doesn't. That's not an excuse in most states. Yeah. Well. Uh. Fucking age of consent in Texas is 17. I just looked it up, so Bill's cool. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> Bill is just, what, he's going on a cross-state yeah. con- cross, cross road trip here? He's going across Texas, cross country, Arizona. Yeah. Well, he went New through Mexico, New Mexico, Arizona. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. All that sort of shit. He's going across two states to, to find his... Because he, yeah, he goes love. through truth or consequences, so, yeah. 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 Fucking Bill. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. Bill's a simp. I don't know. It's, Whatever. I guess I like the resolution, but... It seems like low-hanging fruit to have the, the fucking fat-ass pant load of the show fall in love with the fast food girl. Right? What if it was Boomhauer? Would you like it better if it was Boomhauer? And he yes. just, like, there's something about it? And he totally yes. just, like, misunderstood the situation? Because you wouldn't get the bit about, like, you know, why are you calling him honey? Because that's so cringy, but, like... You know, it's, less... it's also, I'm sorry, Bill, Bill sounds like at least one other character on the show named Buck Strickland. I'm just saying. So, like, you know, what, she's going to get on the horn one day and, oh, Bill, is that you? No, this is Buckle Top or something to that. You know what I mean? Like, remove yeah. that, remove that ability, just put Boomhauer in. And he has, like, a distinctive voice. And there's a bit in there like, oh, this radio is so bad sometimes I can't understand. But I can understand you just fine. And they meet and... Yep. Same thing, but like, yeah. It's less of a punch down because, like, the joke is that Bill goes to the fast yeah. food place so fucking much that she knows his order by heart. Like, you don't get that with Boomhauer. It's way more fascinating. I don't know. We'll we'll see a better love story in the fucking Canadian one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, eh, we're, looking, we're, we're posturing into the future, guys. <laughs> but yeah like this b story i don't i don't hate it i don't really temp- like really give a shit about it like it's it's there it's not yeah. a standout b story to me i don't i don't know i think single character b stories are really hard to pull off and bill is not the guy to do it with disagree Fucking Dotrieve through Pixar is the greatest B story of this entire goddamn show. But, but that's not just him. There's Dale and Bill with yes, that as is. well. No, there's not. They are only there in Act One. They are the establishing action, and then never again. And then it's Bill. <laughs> just forty-five nope. bills, Mark. Yeah, that's it. That's the only time they're there, and then Bill dri- just floats away and it's floes away into the best B plot of this entire fucking series. I I, I will live and die I by that give statement. You candy. <laughs> they start eating him and candy comes out like <laughs> it's a piñata. <laughs> okay, we keep derailing like crazy. Are we we're on to pros now. Give me your pros. I've been talking a lot. You get you tell me things about this you like. Um, I don't have a lot here. Uh, first one here is that Sharona Johnson's here, and it's not fair because she works so hard. Um, <laughs> she, she shouldn't be there because she's always working because she's Sharona Johnson. 
Um, it's not a good joke, buddy. I'm just glad that you literally went to the same line about Sharona Johnson that I do. That made me so happy. Um, I love Paget Brewster, dude. I think she's incredible in this. She plays a very good bad guy in this. She plays a very good Peggy Foyle in this. Um, like at the the apex of this episode of the the final moments here, where Lu or yeah, Luann just decides like I'm gonna do this on my own. Like I'm gonna do this my way. I'm going to take a piece from you and I'm going to take a piece from you, but I'm also going to do this shit my way. She kind of like humbles herself and goes, okay, I guess we can make this work. So it makes Myrna just a little bit better. I think Paget Brewster does a lot of really good voice work and she is the reason that I buy how much of an asshole Myrna is. Right. She's got something in her voice that's right. just like, you can, you can fucking hear the stick up your ass. It's great. Yeah. I, I mean, you can, but she's not, it's not a stick up her ass. She's just a different person, you know, like, and she even says when she walks in the door at her introduction, like I wasn't happy with the conditions in which Lucky and I were raised. And I really got a yeah. number one. I like the turn of like, oh yeah, we assume it's going to be some, you know, lucky two point woman, but like, no, it's not. It's <laughs> She's a professional. She has quiet dour children. She has ostensibly all of her teeth. Like, yeah. You know, um, I like that misdirect, but then, like, she even says, like, I wasn't happy with it. And it's like, good on you, dude. You fucking got out of it. Like, good job. Good. You yeah. got out of your shit. That's great. Oh, yeah. She's a very interesting character, and I, I like it. I As much as I don't really care to get any more depth on Lucky because I'm, I'm fucking done with Lucky, it, she's kind of an interesting addition here. Um, yeah. My last pro here is that, Mark, I'm never having kids. So I like watching this episode. This this seems fucking terrible. This seems like an awful experience, and I never have to go through it. So seems, it's pro. <laughs> seems horrendous, right? The entire yeah. all of it, like, whew, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> give me your cons, man. What did you not like about this episode? Well, I got to give you my pros, still, buddy. Oh shit! Give me your pros, man. <laughs> oh, um can, no you're good i just i've been talking too much i was like i want to listen to you talk a little bit i need a break yeah. so that's why i swapped to you um pros have you considered your other options like not going to arizona that's hilarious <laughs> i love how like they're like they're not even half like it's very half-heartedly trying to to stop him to like oh it's bill bill's gonna do what he fucking wants they know better at this point. Yeah, this is season uh -huh. 13, Bill. They fucking know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to go um, find his fast food princess. Yeah. And, yeah, he's going on his own adventure time. How much <laughs> of the body will the buzzards not eat? Oh. <laughs> um... I need Paget Brewster in my life. I need her to tell me how I'm doing okay, but I need to be doing better. I just need her to bitch at me enough to get my shit together. Because, like, and I'm not trying to be mean to Paget Brewster by any stretch, so don't no, mistake it that no. way. But, like, she's really good at just being somebody who you need to not be disappointed in you. And she's also really good at telling people how to get their shit together. And that is exactly what I need. And then High Hammock Radio can ascend to the heavens. I told you, she is like the perfect person that has like unfortunate resting bitch face because she seems like the nicest person in the world, but she always looks disappointed in you. And so just her being normal and looking at you, you want to do better. 
Right. Right. <laughs> no, I feel that. Yeah, it's hits me on a level, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Peggy has seen Scrubs because she knows that it's the janitors who actually run the hospital. Ugh. I imagine that Peggy is all about Scrubs in King of the Hill universe. I just, <laughs> that shit is right up her alley. At, because, like, the jokes are just smart-ish enough that she gets them. And, like, it's, yeah, there it is. Um, They wrote out the harassment poster text. Did you see that? No. So where we blew our animation budget wasn't on Luann's laboring labia. Instead, <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's like pushing um, a foot instead, off a coin purse. <laughs> think of Troy Aikman, Luann. <laughs> Pass the ball. Oh my god, that's the episode I want is fucking Hank having to deliver the baby. <laughs> Oh shit, I'm sorry, we keep rewriting episodes here. Pass the ball. No, um so when they're in they actually get to the hospital, um, Hank is talking to Luann and he goes, you know, you can do this too. Um, and behind him is their like weird mission statement like anti harassment poster, and it's like something effective anybody that comes here deserves to feel safe and not be bullied or anything. It's weird. It's just weird to me that they would take the time to write that out. Interesting. Like, it's like an anti bully statement. No, it's like a maybe or like a privacy statement because this is two thousand nine, so like HIPAA was a thing, but nobody respected it. So like, it's just it's it's the scene where Hank is talking to Luann in the hallway. Just go back and look at it, and you can read most of the statement. It's really it's just kind of weird that they bothered to do that. But I don't know because like we're not against background jokes or like you know the visual stuff. No, but at the same time, no, yeah, I don't know, just. That seems like an extra step we didn't need, but I like it. Okay. Um, Hank reading Not Quite Highlights magazine. This goofus is a dumbass. <laughs> that is. This goofus if we can is ignore, a dumbass. <laughs> if we can ignore that Hank probably grew up reading Highlights magazine and buying it for Bobby Tangentially and always being around goofus and gallant. Like, if we could ignore that idea, because I can't, but I will. I That's that's great. It might be the best line of the episode. Um, and finally, I think it is amazingly sweet that uh, Luann named Gracie after Peggy, because her middle name is yes. Margaret. And that, like, that made me almost fucking cry. Like, there's such a weird shift in this episode where, like, Luann is, you know, Luann. But then when they're in the hospital, right, when she's in the hallway and she goes, I'm going to do that. When she when she puts the brake on the wheelchair and then we actually get Luann back as she was yeah. as an independent, intelligent woman who's allowed to do things and, like, not just a side prop piece. Like, from that moment onward, it's just great. And then even the little bit when she's drugged up, what are you going to call her? Lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> it's such a pretty name. Hey, pretty Lonnie name. for short. Lonnie, there you go. Damn you, Lonnie. Um, give me your cons, buddy. Um, it seems to me that uh Peggy gave birth alone because she didn't have her own mom. She doesn't have her brother there, and Hank walked out on her when she had Bobby. So like, yeah, she's in Twilight sleep or whatever the fuck that stuff is called. But to me, it's a con because Peggy, the idea of Peggy having to give birth all by herself with nobody in there but her doctor, is really fucked up to me. Like. 
I don't plan on having kids, but if I did, I, I would at least be there with my partner. I get that it's not the Hank character to be in there with her while she's she's doing shit. And that she's totally accepted right. that. But it just like it broke my heart a little bit to see to see that nobody else was in there with her. Um Okay, the Mr. Giggles. Well, so line. Bobby was born in 1985. Like, I don't think dads were, in, you know, canonically, but I don't think that dads okay. were in waiting rooms. In night, maybe they were. I don't know. Like, I mean, I know the that, dad not being in the. I know room that my is grandma like was there thing. when I was born. I don't know. I know. I, I know my grandma was there when I was born, but my dad wasn't. He was elsewhere. I don't know where he was at, but. Interesting. I think my dad was there for almost all of our all of our kids, like all my family's kids. Huh. But. Yeah, I wonder when that changed. Like, I know that no. my granddad was hunting when my mom was born. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And, like, JFK had just gotten... Sh- or, no. My, no, no. My grandmother was in the hospital, and then, like, she was super sick because my mom was a real preemie. And uh, she was in the hospital when JFK got shot. It really fucked her up. She, like, had this weird love of JFK. It was kind of cool. Interesting. Well, your dad yeah, just had a... Or weird. your granddad just had a child surprise. That's all. Um. Oh no, he knew it was coming. Like he just—he's <laughs> like, "All right, good luck. I'm going hunting." See you later. That's what you did in 1963. Yeah, like, all right, yeah. big gulps, huh? Well, don't get it on the armor. All won't de-stain it. See you later. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, moving on here. I think so. The Mister Giggles line. Bobby sees all of his yep. old stuff. He looks at the clown and goes, "Hello, Mister Giggles," and does all that shit. Yeah. That seems so tacked on to me. Like, it doesn't need to happen. This is one line of dialogue you don't need to have in the show. It doesn't do anything for the rest of the, the episode. It makes me mad that it's there in the first place. Like, oh, Padded for Bobby time. doesn't yeah. like his clown. Uh, no, fuck that. Shave shave the time. Just don't have it in there. I, I, got, I got irrationally mad at this. Because I'm like, I know it's not coming up again. I fucking know it's not coming up again. I got mad. Yeah. Um, my last con here is that Peggy is kind of out of line when she's criticizing Myrna's kids. And so this is where I'm I'm going to like reaffirm you because you're just like, eh, she's not a terrible person. And I like that she wanted to do something different from Lucky. I'm going to affirm this, the fuck out of this. There's nothing wrong with right. not wanting your kid, like not, not wanting to drink juice and sugar and get all hopped up and shit. And enjoying reading over things like TV. Like, there is nothing wrong with that. And you shouldn't be criticizing people that want to do that. You know what? You get to criticize kids when they're fucking dumbasses that light shit on fire and don't fucking listen to you. That's when you get to fucking make fun of them and criticize them. But if they're not hurting anybody else, just leave them the hell you, alone. And so I thought... You were so mad my headphones won't pick you. Discord edited you. That's how mad you got. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, you're going to hear... All I heard post. is you going... It's fine if you're a dumbass and then it cut out <laughs> it's like wow okay peggy just needs to to step away from some getting shitty about other people's kids right like let's yeah, be honest right. here bobby is no for the second time this episode prize fucking pig um don't get shitty with her because her kids don't want to drink fucking juice and get all get all hopped up on goof and fun mark <laughs> give me your cons buddy what did you not not like about this episode <laughs> Cons. Those kids Goofen. look like goddamn aliens. They They're do, terrible. They really do. Goofenthal. <laughs> that little girl Goofballs. is like protein deficient. Okay. God damn it. 
Uh, Mr. Giggle should have been a raccoon. Bobby is afraid of raccoons. He thinks that Hank and Peggy fucking are raccoons. The raccoons are back. I know the bandit episode, but I don't care. It should have been a raccoon. Because okay. I agree that entire scene is dumb, but whatever. Hey, you know what else is a super dumb scene? The bit where they're arguing in the front room and Peggy goes, well, Bobby did all that shit and he's cool. And then we look at Bobby dumbly trying to eat a Capri Sun while watching TV. <laughs> Fuck you. God, I... That's literally... What was it? I want to say square peg. And I think the line that you got mad at was, it's time for Bobby to stop drinking from a straw. And he (laughs) then cuts to Bobby drinking from a straw, and that pissed you off. Well, this pissed me off, because that's lazy writing, and I hate it. Shame on you, Corrigan and Walsh. You're better than that. Um... Finally, generational dental problems are a real thing. Don't make fun of it. Raise awareness. (laughs) Yes. I don't know how you do it, but... God, reform dental care in America. John, favorite moments? I got a lot, buddy. Got a lot Lay of favorite on me, moments homie. here. Uh, first one, it's okay. Luann's line of, we want our baby to live. Because for some reason, apparently, Peggy's <laughs> advice is now going to make their baby die. And so she's like, nope, that's not that's not what we're going to do. Um, the instant, Peggy's instant reaction to um, Luann's new nursery and the fact that it's black, white, and red and her, what is her response, Mark? I wonder if that's why the Nazis chose this color. <laughs> um, we have Bobby's almost near perfect line. He gets, he already, he, he, he goes over the top, but he almost doesn't beat this line of, this is going to ruin baths for me forever. One, yes, it fucking will. And two, that's continuity because we know that Bobby loves fucking baths. Yep. So that's a great fucking moment. But favorite moment, buddy, and you've already called it. Half of it is Hank and half of it is Bobby. This goofus fellow's a dumbass. Look at me. I'm on a (laughs) Japanese subway. (laughs) That will never not be funny now that we've all lived through COVID. It'll never not be funny. (laughs) Okay, I really, I want... I want just an isolated section of Hank saying, this is a dumbass. Like, just the way he delivers dumbass in this episode. I want that. It's going to be a text tone. Like, anytime I get a text message from somebody, she's going to say, this goofus fellow's a dumbass. I'm never going to get tired of it. Ever. Ever. Give me, give me your favorite moments, buddy. Dumbass. Um... I wish like hell I could tell you, and it's not because I don't have one, but it's because it was a lucky line, and I was so upset that it was lucky (laughs) that delivered a line that genuinely touched me, like it hit me, and I was into it, and I liked it, that I got so upset and said, no, I'm sure a better one will come along, and I didn't bother to write it down. So it's whatever the fuck Lucky said in his house after saying, "Uh, that's what a monkey would do, or some dumb thing, I don't fucking know. But goddammit, it was a great line, just rest assured it was great. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know. I believe it. You uh, you want to break down our patented rating system for the good people there, Johnny? I absolutely do, because hot damn, this is going to be a long one. Uh, guys, at the very bottom of the dang old podcast rating system, we have a charcoal episode. This is a failure of an episode. It's so dirty, it leaves soot underneath your boy's fingernails. 
Charcoal episodes are not ones that you're going to go back to pretty much ever. You might watch them on a first run through just because, hey, this is New King of the Hill you haven't seen yet. After that, that's it. It's done. The only thing that gets a little bit better than that, but not much better, is a Megalo. A Megalo episode is, uh, it's, let's say, a, a bronze medal, if you will. It's King of the Hill light, King of the Hill adjacent. Um, a Megalo episode is, it's got a couple of little shiny moments in there that you can appreciate, but for the most part, this is also pretty damn near unwatchable. You get to your watchable episodes, though, with our butane rating. A butane is a bastard gas, just like this episode. It's a bastard of an episode that you love to hate and you hate to love. It's an average middle of the road, I can watch King of the Hill all day long episode. You've got it on in the background, you don't have to pay attention, but your eyes are going to pop up and flick to the screen when something funny happens. Or you're going to hit the little back button and go back 10 seconds. Just because it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Now the episodes that you stand up and pay attention to the entire time are our Char King episodes. They are our golden standard for King of the Hill. They're everything we love, from great, great guest stars to fantastic plots, different sitcom tropes that are twisted up on, on top of each other and, and doing something creative and new with the, with the format. If Mark and I both agree that an episode is a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial by those good folks at Wagner. These are some of the best episodes of King of the Hill that you can ever find. You just need a little bit of context to truly enjoy them. This is like knowing the characters and knowing some backstory then you're going to start to understand them on the deepest level of King of the Hill. The only thing better than that is a Blue Flame of Valor, and a Blue Flame of Valor is the perfect introductory episode of King of the Hill. This is our Platinum S, S rank. Y you can't get any better than this. This is the episode that you show to your friends and say, hey, I think you need to watch 200 plus episodes of a TV show with me. Let's get baked. Watch this. Mark, on a scale of charcoal <laughs> to the Blue Flame of Valor, what do you give Lucky Sea Monkey do? I do not know. I am torn between two paths here. Number one, if we look at the path of that stupid, yeah, that was only a year, Bill, that whole thing, the whole all King of the Hill was only a year and the rest is dreams and all that shit, right? Yeah. This is, this is an amazing episode in that timeline. This is terrific. This is great. Like, uh, Luann is taking agency for herself again. We get the introduction. Lucky's weird sister is a cool, like, twist that no one saw coming. I didn't see this yeah. coming. Like, no. that was great. Um, a lot of little bits. Um, it's even, you know, a kind of all rightish ish uh, Bill doing something. Because, hey, all we know about Bill in our one-year-long timeline is that he's a fat fucking man-child pantler that'll fall in love with a girl <laughs> on a burger mic. So if it's in that universe, then yeah, it's a Char King. But if it's in the universe that I know that you and I are rating it, well, it's a Butane. It's fine. It's good. I still like Luann's arc. But at okay. the same time, it's like, there's just nothing, I don't I don't know, like a, a baby is born here. You know what I mean? And we just kind of, yeah. I want more pomp, I guess is my point. I like that Luann takes her, I like that Luann, like, takes her kind of ownership of the situation. I do like that part, but. Yeah. I don't know, man. This there's just some, seems to be like something about this episode that doesn't hit all the way. And then if we're doing this as like, you know, you know, our timeline, you know, the way that you and I are doing it, I hate the B line. I hate the B subplot altogether. It's obnoxious. The only redeeming quality is that end there. And you didn't tell me you're so old. You didn't tell me you're so young. And Bill not being a creeper yeah. goes away. Like, and you know, like, but that's a bad B plot. I'm sorry. It's 
stupid. Who's going to fall in love with a fast food girl? Make it boom, Howard. We already wrote it better <laughs> earlier on. So, yeah, I'm going to get, I guess, canonically, then I'll split the difference and just call it a, like, Charitain, but that's where I'm at. Or, uh, sorry, a Buking, a Buking. Okay. Uh, what about you, buddy? Uh, so, Lucky C, Monkey Doo gets a Char King from me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to justify this a couple wow. of different ways. Whoa. A- yeah. I'm going to justify this a couple of what? different ways. Um, because first off, Mark, I gave you four, four favorite moments and I had to delete one of them because I went five is too fucking many. You don't need five for the record guys. It's the horseshoe pillow and Luann going, this will make our baby very lucky. Thank you. Um, I thought it was very stupid and it made me laugh. Um, I laughed a lot at this episode. Like, so much at this episode. It's Dale going, a baby could use anything as a as a weapon, like this weapon, and holding up a giant fucking Bowie knife. Like, it's weird, stupid things, like Bobby pretending that he's on a Japanese subway, or or just, like, laughing at how... I don't, I don't even know. Like, it just... I enjoyed this episode. Um, my other qualifier for this is I have a real soft spot for when Hank is good Hank. And the more we see good okay. Hank or the, the well, like if he's done really well, it doesn't have to be a lot. And it usually will sway me at least half a rank on this. And his whole conversation with Luann about, you know what? You're going to have to do this on your own because we're not going to be there to take care of this kid. It's your kid. And you know what? We'll give you advice, but not all of our advice is great. Shit. Look at Bobby. He does all sorts of acidine things. It's a very honest mm-hmm. 30 seconds of Hank being with his niece, giving her some guidance, but also going, you're an adult. I can't do this for you. And I know you really don't want me to. Hmm. So the, the ending Hank moment to me is more important than any of Luann's interactions with anything else. You know, ultimately I think that's why she ends up throwing the brakes on and saying, Nope, I'm going to do this shit on my own. Like he gives her that mm-hmm. courage, and I'm like, "Yep, that's a it's a good like quote unquote Hank saves the day moment here," but he's not really saving the day. He's just reminding Luann that she is competent enough to do this, and she's got people around her that are going to help her. At the same time, well, like none of them are and this perfect. This is classic Hank too. We see, we see Hank doing this all the time. Though Hank is Luann's like father figure, but Hank is never like held Luann's hand, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just always been there as, like, a general support, but has always said, you can do this on your own. Absolutely. I didn't even realize that part, dude. Goddamn, good looking out, man. Yeah, yeah wow. absolutely. Um, and I'm going to cap yeah. this off by yeah. saying the the schmaltzy ending of giving Gracie's middle name, naming her after Peggy, because, you know what? Who is Aunt Peggy to Luann? Um, Aunt Peggy is her fucking mother at this point. Aunt Peggy has been the person that right. her, her steady rock that has been there through orange palazzo pants and an overturned trailer and getting stabbed with a fork. No. Aunt Peggy is Aunt Peggy and Uncle Hank are her family. They're they're basically her fucking parents. They're the only ones that have made her feel like she's got stability. And the only reason she has a career, a husband and now a kid. So naming at least the middle name of her kid after Peggy cherry on top. I 100% fucking agree with you. That is like about the sweetest thing they can do. So there is a lot of heartwarming shit in this episode. And God, that that goofus fellow being a dumbass is so funny and so out, <laughs> out of like out of nowhere. Because like you said, Hank is just reading highlights. 
<laughs> I just, I can't, I can't. I'm you never know? gonna get tired of it. Um, fucking yeah, Charking, I... man. John, I will you allow me to change my rating? Yes, yes, I will. And I was hoping I could sway you, dude. I knew there were some things that you had it... put into perspective here, and I'm gonna take this as a fucking win if you bump it up. Yeah, man, this is definitely a char. Uh, this is definitely a megalo. No, I'm kidding. This is a Charking. <laughs> like this is yeah. Fuck, you're right. God, and I hate God, I'm lucky such an in the wind, Why guys. am I such an Why am I such an asshole? Why am I Am I the problem? I'm the problem, right? Listeners no, I'm the problem, right? No. I'm the problem. I want to know, Mark, cuz before we before we move to our next episode, I want to know, did you enjoy this episode as much as I did? Like, did you laugh out loud when watching this episode? Cuz I fucking laughed out loud multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, a couple times. This is a really good episode of King of the Hill. Like Yeah. Yeah. I also, I don't know, maybe I'm drunk at 7.30 in the morning American time, but, like, that whole time you were talking, all I heard was, like, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door in my head. (laughs) Okay. And, like, all I heard was you, I just, I saw you giving that speech you were giving as, like, this impassioned defense of this, this impassioned defense of a beloved adult animation classic, and it just kind of hit, I don't know, dude, John fucking love you homie i think the problem is i got the christmas spirit in my heart and it is overwhelming yes, tis me. the like, season man yes tis the season i wow i feelings and emotions and what the hell is happening what are we doing this is what are we doing <laughs> well mark what we're, what we're doing is we're gonna have to move on to our next episode Let's let's do that, buddy. Let's but move on. This is I, I think we can cap this off by saying this is the first surprise Imperial that we've had in a while. <laughs> um, just sec, just sec, just sec, just sec. The last Imperial was Grand Theft Arlen, season eleven, episode nine. And that was also, I think, a surprise one. I don't think either of us expected to like it. Oh no, not yeah, we were floored. Yeah. So Way to go, King of the Hill. Also, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some credit here because I knew I knew what my rating was at the end of this or when we started doing this. And Corrigan and Walsh, congr- congratulations, guys! You you've broken through the Tutane mold, and you did it with some fucking you force. Did it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, did. let's move on to our next episode, Mark. All right, Mark, we are back with episode 244. I'm only gonna say the name of the episode once, and then it gets retconned into the just the name Memphis. What happens at the National Propane Gas Convention in Memphis stays at the National Propane Gas Convention in Memphis. Fuck you, title makers. That's almost as bad as untitled. Um, this is the uh, <laughs> longest title, isn't it? I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, original air date February fifteenth, two thousand and nine. This is written by Jim DeBetrove. Mark, where do we see Mr. Diatribe last? Uh, we just saw uh, Jim Diabolic Shock, a true, true, true poop shoot on a strangeness on a train. Well, uh, we but- we uh, uh, we two tamed it, so there's something to be said there. Okay. Also, do you know where we were when this episode dropped? No. 
We were in Aurora, Colorado the, this weekend, the, the weekend that this episode dropped. You, me, and your lady were in Aurora, Colorado getting uh, Pokemon at the Black and White event. <gasps> Ooh, no kidding. And the only reason I know that is because my great-grandmother had just passed, and I was supposed to be, I was a TA for a class, and it was a test day, and I thought I needed to be there for test day, so I just rolled up with you guys. Um... Okay. And when the professor texted me, he's like, where are you? I was like, oh, I had to do some legal shit in Denver with my grandma. I'm real sorry. But she had passed in January and you, we were up to, yeah. I, wow. Holy shit. I, wow. Blast from the past, dude. Wow. Okay, cool. (laughs) Guys, Mark (laughs) and I and my lady all went on the, the Pokemon black and white mall tour back when they still did that. We, we, uh, drove up there specifically to go and get Pokemon distributed at the event known as Celebi. It's the only time I've ever gone to one of those and gotten one of those Pokemon successfully. Uh, mm-hmm. I then promptly lost my black version like a year later. Very, very sad. Um, the couch ate it. Yeah. Uh, one of the fucking Benson's couches ate it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just no, never absolutely. seen again. Yeah. It was just gone. And I haven't replayed black or white or black two or white two ever since. And I'm like, damn, I kind of need to. Um, yeah. So I'm wow, playing that's, through black that's two excellent. as we speak. Yeah. It's, Oh, I still have my Tepig. I don't know about you, but we got little plushies, you guys, and I got a yes. Tepig. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, when Jess and I purged most of our shit when we moved over here, um, the uh, our, our Pokemon plushies ended up making the cut. Not Good. a lot of things did, but those did because they've got, they've got a story to them, right? Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry, guys. Absolutely. We digress. Uh, this week's <laughs> cast of characters are Hank, Peggy, Hill, Dale, Gribble, Bill, Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Bobby Hill. That's weird that he's not in the same thing as his parents. Thought we had an episode without him for a second. Joseph Gribble, Buck Strickland, Jody Ray Roy Strickland, who is our guest star, guest star this week. Melanie Scoval, Holler Weigant, True Weigant, uh, Joe Jack, Donna, and Enrique. Those are all coming in cameo forms. Um, Mark, do you know who Ray Roy's voice is? Jody Ray Roy. I'm just gonna call him Ray Roy because fuck Jody. Yeah, we're, we're gonna call him Ray Roy. Um, no, we're gonna say Johnny. Look into my pros, and who do we see? <laughs> it's Diedrich Bader. Oh my God, Diedrich! It was, uh, I I always tweeted Diedrich Bader when we drop episodes with him in there. Just and it's something effective, and he gets to hear how much we love Diedrich Bader in this episode. Ha ha ha! Right, and then I get to thinking, you and I talked about Smurf porn for like ten minutes, and I'm sure I cut it out. <laughs> I'm sure that future Mark cut it all out, but I really hope that this ain't Diedrich Bader's first episode that he listens to, and he's like, Smurf porn? What are these guys talking about? Well, I'm out. Two chicks at once. Later, guys. <laughs> Like <laughs> two Smurfs at the same time. I think I can make that happen. Smurf, yeah, I can. <laughs> um, Mark, Bader, synopsis, synopsis for this episode. Hank and Buck are in Memphis for a coveted rainbow jacket when Buck encounters his illegitimate son, Ray Roy. Um, there's, there's really no B story here. The only thing that's kind of tangential is the whole Platinum Circle bullshit, Peggy. But our A story characters, Hank, Buck, Ray Roy... That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I read you my B plot synopsis? Absolutely. Peggy's propane platinum pancakes. That's what I got. <laughs> okay. Into it. <laughs> um, let's let's get into notes here. Let's do her. Take her away, man. Uh, so first off, I have noted that they have a mini AED 
that uh, apparently is very common to bring out for Buck when he gets into situations like, oh, shit, go get the defibrillator. <laughs> that uh, that makes me happy because fuck Buck Strickland. I'm almost to the point now where I hate him as much as I hate Carl Moss. Wow. OK. Like I'm almost there, but it's OK. We're getting some some closure in this episode. I know you tell me to quit saying shit like that, but we're getting some fucking closure in this episode. Uh, when no, we it's not talking... the closure. It's when you kept saying shit like, we don't know the next time. Like, when you were just like, like I know the end is coming, dude, but, like, don't make it so blatant. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, well, hey, when we're talking about finality in a series, right, this is Hank's yeah. Everest. Like, the only yes, thing he has ever wanted more than anything, probably, is one of these rainbow jackets. And spoilers for you guys that watch the episode as we're going, you really shouldn't do that. We don't do that podcast, this podcast that way. Um, Hank gets his own rainbow jacket in the end, and I think that's super fucking fitting. Uh, it should be a pro. It's oh, not so a pro. you're saying they shouldn't watch... They shouldn't watch it for the first time alongside us. They ought to watch it before us and then watch this it. Is, I, I understand. Yes. Yeah, as I say, this is not a companion <laughs> podcast. Like, you you shouldn't hit play every time we start a new episode. I, I was like, wait, how are they supposed to do it? It's a retrospective. I understand. Never mind. Back at mm-hmm. the ranch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, um, listeners, so yeah. how do you enjoy the podcast? Let us know. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, well, I no, like that. I know for a fact. <laughs> No, really quick, because I choke on my beer. <laughs> I know for a fact that several listeners are just here to listen to us rewatch the series. But then I also okay. know that others are rewatching the series and then listening to us post their rewatch. So, like, however mm. you guys are doing it is the right way to do it. Like, absolutely. I just, oh, I'm curious. Yeah. Let us know. I would love to know. Yeah. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry, yeah. John. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so I, I really like that we are wrapping things up here and we get to see Hank hit his pinnacle and it's not the end of the series, right? This isn't the last episode. This would be a terrible last episode. Like I'd be right. really pissed off. Uh, yeah, I get it. You'd want to do that because this is Hank getting the highest award you can get in propane. Um, but no, it's like this, it's the top of Hank's mountain. Like you said, yeah, it is. It is. And the show isn't, isn't just about Hank. And I think, they do a good job this episode of proving that. Um, so I I don't know, I appreciate that it was even broached and that we got to this point here. I mean, this is the the rainbow the rainbow jacket is the only thing higher than the blue flame, right? And it's pretty much yes. This, it's the we put it in the same category, right? So it's just it's yeah the for our for our rating system, yeah, it's yeah. Um, and just for funsies, come on, baby. The only time I think we've done it is there's one on Yankee Hanky that we both blue flamed. And oh, we've done it a couple times here. There's a couple yeah. here. Uh, Won't you pee my neighbor? Uh, firefight and we will go. I ate a and a beer can named Desire. God, season yeah, we have three five. and four. Dude, okay, so like I'm sure. Are, are you looking at the spreadsheet right now? Oh no, I but I already know which epi- I knew which, oh. which episode you were gonna say. I've looked at it so well, many times. Well, so my point to all this is, is I will, uh, listeners, I will color a cell when Johnny and I do it together. So like, you know, butane is gray, uh, blue flame is blue, char kings are yellow and season three and four are so colorful and beautiful. And then like, as you click on down the line from like five to six, it gets a little bit less and then seven to eight, a lot less. And then nine, then <laughs> yeah, you get it gets 12 real sad. and it's nothing <laughs> but butane. 
Except Grand Theft Arland and Monkey See Lucky Do. Anyway, continuing on, yes. I Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's there's uh, a my next there's a there's a definite peak to this show and it happened fucking eight years ago. Hey, let's reboot it, right? Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> um next note here is a question to you. Why is why did the whole gang go to Memphis? Right? Like the guys are there. I didn't know. I was gonna ask you why did the whole gang go to Memphis? Why are they there? I I don't know. Like this isn't the Lawn and Mower Expo. They, they, they even make it a point to say we don't like propane like you like propane, Hank. Is it so, just I don't the know. It's to go. Yeah, because you want to see him screwing around. You want to see Dale doing other shit. I guess. Like I don't I don't know. They don't even really play a big it's... huge factor in this. Well, other than see, Dale taunting me, Hank kinda... the entire time. I mean, yeah, Dale's there to remind us of the plot, I think. But I kind of took this as, like, fanfare a little bit. Like, Okay. The guys are just... So, okay, this is Jim Dotrieve. He's been around since season one, so he remembers when. So we're going to get... He he knows how to write kind of, like, an, an ensemble episode. Or, you know, like... Okay. Not ensemble, but, bring, but bringing the guys along, right? But then also, like, you can't go on a road trip... And not bring the guys. Um, they went to Branson, Durr, and Bluegrass, right? But like, yeah. Um, also in um, uh, what is it? Final Shinsault? Not Final Shinsault. Yeah, Final Shinsault. When Cotton goes to Vegas and the guys tag along, like, okay, yeah. I just, I really just think you can't. I think that we can do this deal here in season thirteen where we say it's TV bullshit, and you can't not have the guys there because it's gonna pat us for time. Okay. No, and I'm okay with that. Like. I, I don't and think because they detract with, from without this. them too. Well, without them too, and I think you're going to make this point here. But without them, boy, this episode's hard to watch. It's Peggy being a bitch at breakfast and Hank being a fucking simp. Like, that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, like, I just thought that was it was an interesting observation because I didn't have a good reason for them to be there. They're just there. Um, Mark, we're going to talk about this Johnny. because uh, at one point they talk about. Uh, Buck and Ray Roy mooning Elvis's grave and his poor younger brother, his poor dead younger brother. Uh, Mark, do you know mm-hmm. what a fool's gold loaf is? Something terrible, right? It's like peanut butter and jelly with a pound of bacon. And it's like a yeah. jar of each, right? And then you deep fry it, right? Loaf of bread. You don't deep, you, you don't deep fry it. You basically take a giant French bread and you gut it and you throw a huge mess of peanut butter and jelly in there and fill in the crevices with bacon. Um, it's like 5,000 calories of monstrosity and apparently is one of Elvis's favorite sandwiches. It is like the state sandwich of Colorado. It's the, one of the only things that they proudly will say, yep, this is where we are terrible and fat. Um, the only other like state food they get really all hopped up about is Rocky Mountain oysters, which are deep fried testicles, full testicles. And, um, and green chili. Goddamn. Everybody down here got their own green chili. It's the Pueblo green chilies. Yes. They, they get all hopped up for it. They have this weird rivalry with hatch in New Mexico and they say, well, but the Pueblos are just as good or better. And they have this, they have this whole thing, but it's less advertised. Everybody. Dude, I have watched people yell. Like when I was a produce wizard, I was roasting chilies one summer and straight up some dude walked by and said, man, them Pueblo chilies smell good. And a dude walking behind him said, yeah, but the hatch are better. And they got into a screaming match in the park. The fucking <laughs> cops had to be called like, and I am texting my fucking manager, like furiously, like I need you outside now. Cause I can't leave the roaster and shit. And <laughs> no, these two yeah. dudes are, 
These dudes are going to come to fucking blows. The store manager came out. The fucking cops came. It is insane. John, like, the <laughs> cops showed up. I had to be like, I was roasting chilies and one said something about hash and the other said something about Pueblo. I have no fucking clue. I hate these peppers. Like, I'm on a police report. as Like, I signed an aff- not the affidavit, but, like, the report just saying that shit. Like, it was, it's insanity. Anyway, I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. Um. I just, I just thought it was fun because he mentioned Elvis, and that's a Colorado thing that you and I can talk about. Um, would you, you do? Okay, so many... really quick, I'm sorry. Would you do it? Can okay. Number one, you couldn't. It'd kill you. But like, so number one, we do this a lot. Talk particulars. Um, peanut butter, chunky or creamy? Chunky. Okay. Um, jelly. Um, grape or strawberry. If it's okay. if it's like if I get a choice, if it's like preserves, then it's gonna be straight up um neither. It's gonna be rhubarb. I like rhubarb jam and preserves. You do whatever you want, yeah. Yeah, that's the German in me. Okay. Okay. And it's gotta be thick cut bacon. Thick cut bacon, any kind, like applewood smoke or whatever? Um or the smoke bacon? doesn't matter, but my bacon, my preferable way of eating bacon is not burnt to a fucking crisp. It is actually almost chewy. Oh, you mean the right way to do bacon? Yeah, I understand. Right. Some people they they have to have it practically fucking black and crispy and just disintegrates in your mouth as you eat it. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, that's me personally. And we ask them politely but firmly to leave. Yeah, because yes. they're wrong. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So, Mark, chunky or, or creamy? Um, it's gonna be pumpkin butter, not peanut butter. Ooh. Okay. All right, look but at also to that end, creamy. Bitch. Hey, okay. you can get fancy bougie bitch with your rhubarb. You established rules here, too. It's, um, it's very true. Yep. How about your jam? Uh, the jelly or the jam is going to be like a nice uh, apple strawberry, something there in the middle to kind of cut into the pumpkin. And then you transition okay. from you transition from the apple strawberry into like an applewood smoked bacon. But I want it on a ciabatta loaf because that ciabatta is going to be a little bit Ooh. sweeter of a bread. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fuck, I'd, let's do this. I'm hungry. <laughs> I might have to have a fool's gold loaf. It's it's going to be fun. One of these days, you and I are just going to do an eating challenge channel. It's going to be great. And it's been done a million times by a bunch of white dudes that are way better at it than us. But eh, it's fine. Uh, guys, I'm moving on. Mark, do you know how many Long Island iced teas Hank has had to get to his current state of inebriation where he has to ralph in someone's hair? It's like five, right? Like Hank is fucking five. This is the drunkest. This is the drunkest we've seen Hank. Like, yes, yes. This is drunker than not allowing people to listen to his song, Hank. Yeah, because that was like one little thing, and he's probably only getting like what down like six shots max. Like Long Islands are like what? It's gin, like six shots in a drink. Light dark rum, vodka, tequila, and whiskey right like and then like you splash it with coke yeah it'll kill you like it's (laughs) they're the best but yeah oh they'll fuck you up pretty good um i just i wanted to they're what you call an airport drink yeah yes they are yes they absolutely are they're what you call a market or johnny abandons mark and dia for hours and turns them loose during the playoffs (laughs) yeah you weren't so bad and besides, I we got more it. liquor in you on the plane with with a very nice way. Um, oh, I know. It was the best flight ever, man. <laughs> Southwest Airlines, we still love you. 
Yes, we do. My last one here is we've got a music quote or a music poll, if I can. It's Cats in the yes, Cradle by Harry Chapin. Yes, it is. Yep. 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 So that's what I got for notes. What do you got for me, buddy? Um, Some notes. This is almost a con. I'm going to call it a con, but I'm going to call it out here in my notes. Mini toilet in his office? Question mark. What the fuck? <laughs> Um, and then there's also this like weirdly fitting parallel there where they mooned Elvis, but you know how Elvis died? He died while taking a shit. And yep. I bet you a million billion quadrillion dollars that good old Buck Strickland dies taking a shit. Okay. I'm willing to take that bet. I also just want to see him die. I also yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, propane bowl seems wildly unsafe. Like, there's no padding. Bill's not like Bill's gonna die. Bill Bill broke his mm-hmm. spine. Thank God for Walrus to pad his back with that. But Bill's dead. Yeah. Propane bowl needs some padding or something. Um, we ought to call this show "Daddy Issues of the Hill," right? Because really, that's a lot of Hank's central plot. Is you know his yeah. daddy. Depending on what we oh, see yeah. his daddy as, but god damn. No, we talk a lot and, about his parental or his parental figures and, and what like living with cotton has done to him because that's definitely why he idolizes Buck as much as he does. Dale hits it right on the fucking head. Yeah. But you know too, nobody's got a good relationship with their dad. We you know, um unassumed uh Dotrieve serial killer ex slash pedophile, whatever in Bill's dad. As per yep. my theory, um, Boomhauer's dad's a cardiologist, but we don't really see a lot out of him. But then also Dale's dad, like that wasn't a good upbringing. We only see one flashback and it's of his dad scaring him with a dummy. Now, granted, that's what we're allowed to see. But like there's not a lot of cutbacks yeah. to, to 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 bug, you know, and like we what we know a bug is it probably wasn't bad, but it probably wasn't great either. Anyway, moving on. He was absent. Yeah. Absence a thing. Absent. Exactly. Yeah. Like fucking his best friend is a basket. Like. Poor fucking kid. That's a red flag or six. Um. Okay, so okay, so number one, this is a side note. What is our commissioner lady's name? Scovale, Scovale right? Uh, Scoval. S C O V A L L. All right, so Scoval to you know the Scoville unit, the hotness rating. Yes. Is that a joke? Am I reading too much into it? I think it's a joke. I don't know, but I, Scovale I think it is be, hot, hot, hot. I think it should be a joke. I fucking love that if it's a joke because it's it's a very smart way to look at that. I also, I watch, a, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well because everybody fucking does. I've recently figured out how the fucking Scoville system works because I watch Hot Ones on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's basically... Your Scoville rating goes up the more water you need to dilute it, to dilute it and make it not spicy. So if it takes a thousand pieces of water to get rid of it, then it's like a jalapeno. If it takes a million pieces of water to get rid of it, then it's like a a pepper X or whatever the fuck that shit is. So that's why they're so drastically different. Meaning these these like super peppers are literally 2000 times hotter than than the hottest jalapeno you've ever had. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's nuts anyway sorry scoville units I, I i saw where you were going with that i fucking love that if that's the case i was gonna make the joke about quimby it is chili 
from Quetzalcoatl, but I couldn't say it now because I'm too drunk, and I just fudged it there. Um, anyway, yeah. Scoville is a hot lady. Who knows? Um, sorry, I wrote my notes out. And I can't fucking read my handwriting. <laughs> why, okay, so to that end, so why does Scoville, why does she give Hank the jacket? What? Why? Isn't, so they're presenting it like, wouldn't the committee just hold that until the awards ceremony, right? Yeah. Like, I don't understand why okay. Hank needs it. But then also, um, so fast forwarding from that point, when they give Hank his own jacket, I'm assuming these terrible, ugly, horrendous fucking jackets have got to be custom made. So, like, yes. they didn't just get Hank's measurements and just, like, magic jacket from nothing his ass. This is Hall of Fame. This happens only once a year, and they just deus ex jacket for Hank. Okay, cool, whatever. Um, <laughs> Speaking of jackets... Buck looks like a fucking lemon in his first little suit there. Yeah. Yeah. Did Hey, did you just take a drink? Yeah. Okay, that's what that is. So, couple, so two weeks ago, um, there was one and you took a drink and I asked if you farted. And I've been hearing you <laughs> farting, quote unquote, this entire recording. But now I understand it's you taking a drink. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's a... Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, Buck looks like a goddamn lemon in his little suit. Um, this this episode really got me horned up for a couple things. Number one, I am to the point where I need some fatherly approval in my life because I'm just old enough to need, like, an old man to say you're doing good, kid. Um, okay. I also really need to fucking wrestle because the way that Ray Roy and Buck wrestle like activated something in my monkey brain and I almost <laughs> went in and like put Amanda in a figure four. Like it almost happened. Um just but then also, on the fucking luchador mask, buddy. Oh dude, I'm wearing it right now. I'm not, but I could be. <laughs> <laughs> um but also, fuck I want a Long Island iced tea. And then finally is this an acid trip when Hank is just hammered, or is this just, like, hammered of the hill? I I think it's hammered of the hill. Like, it doesn't do okay. too much. The only thing that really gets crazy distorted, and I think it's because we're supposed to be hearing it from the, the perspective of everybody else there, is how he's talking into the microphone. And so when he, like, half fucking eats the microphone twice, and it gets all weird, I think we're supposed to hear it that way, but... No, I don't see this as acid trippy. I think it's it's to kind of establish just how how many sheets to the wind Hank has really got to this point. Right. Um also like how some drunk fucking he is. Yeah, also some friends of his for letting him go up on stage like that. Okay, but also when has Dale Gribble ever not stopped sabotage? It's true, but and I'll, so I'll I'll forgive Dale because he's a, just an outright dick. I'll forgive Bill because Bill is, I don't know, he's probably finding a, a new uh, Jack oh, in the dude, Box girl is, to talk to. But Boomhauer, no, there. dude, he's at a propane gas association. You know, all this shit is or this place like right now in two thousand nine is the hotbed of like propane cooked food trucks. He's like he's enjoying oh, propane based yeah. barbecue. He's gone. He's not even a factor. And, yeah, and but Boomhauer, David Boomhauer. Boomhauer is acting as like, what are those little, you know, like, you know, bait balls in the ocean where like giant swarms of fish appear and like, you know, the sharks come in and do theirs and the dolphins come in and do theirs and there's the little fish that come in and eat all the shit that the other fish didn't eat. That's what yeah. Boomhauer is doing between Buck and Ray Roy. 
<laughs> he's just chumming the water. Oh, he's just chumming the fucking, he's just nibbling, 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 dangle. He also fits in in Memphis, Tennessee. You tell me Boomhauer isn't a fucking, like, what's the opposite of a fish out of water? A fish in all the water? Like, Boomhauer's the wettest fish we ever got? Yeah, like, Boomhauer's just getting into it. That's all, he's ankle deep, like. Interesting. Okay. Probably a little dehydrated, you know, like. Yeah. All the. Hi, Boomhauer's. This is a Texas Gas Association, not a plumber's union. Ha <laughs> okay. Um, John, talk to me about something. I'm sorry. That was dumb. No, you're good. You're good. Um, that was that was it for your notes, buddy? That's my notes, yeah. Awesome. I'm going to get into my pros here. First one, and I'm going to be really sad, Mark, if it is 7, no, 8.30 in the morning and you're not partaking, but damn it, breakfast whiskey is a pro. It's 9.30 in the morning and I'm on my third beer, so yeah, buddy. Okay, close enough, close enough. Um, <laughs> pros here, you and I, uh, we we tend to emulate each other, especially when the important shit comes up, and Diedrich Bader making our pros list is not a fucking mistake here. Uh, he is a damn treasure. Guys, if you ever meet him, tell him how much the Dangle Podcast loves him. Just do it for us, please. Um, I'm just going to like okay. cut in, like you know how you can do like... Um, on Spotify, you can like cut to a clip. I'm just gonna cut to that. I'm just gonna cut to you going. We love Diedrich Bader and like tag him in it. Yeah, and maybe he'll hit play. Maybe I'm into it. We just we just Super need you to know Diedrich, Diedrich Bader. Bader. Shit. We love you. <laughs> we love what you do for the show. We love the characters you bring to life here. It's all good shit. Um, next pro here. Say what you want. Peggy's confidence is her biggest asset, right? I look at this whole right. thing, this whole sequence at the blackjack table, and it yes, it's a plot device so that she can get in with the platinum circle, and I get that. But damn, have we not seen Peggy's confidence get her all sorts of places throughout this series? And I don't know if you and I do as good a job as we probably could in pointing it out, but I'm pointing it out this episode because I probably, out of every character in this episode, liked Peggy the best. Like, okay. a lot. Um, This is especially leading. So my last pro here is that it's one of the better Peggy episodes, especially leading up to her finale with Buck in the bar where she lays down the line and says, do this and do this now, or I will bring your whole world crumbling down before you like (laughs) absolutely. This is inexcusable. Like it's the way that Hank treats you, the way that he has run your company. The only reason that you have been able to live the life that you can live for the last 20 plus years is because of him. You fucking owe him. And mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly believe without Peggy, none of the end of this, ep- none of the third act even exists. And it's because she finally gets fed up and, and says what needs to be said to Buck by somebody that's not Hank for him to finally get it through his thick fucking skull. And it's that you would be nothing without him. Yeah. So... I love Peggy in this episode. She's she is my episode pro. I'm gonna tell you that. Um, what do you like about this episode, buddy? Give me your pros. Uh, pro number one, Ray Roy is whom? Uh, we already know we beat it to death, but we love you, Diedrich Bader. Yes, we um, do. The, um, I think it's Boomhauer or no? It's I'm sorry. It's it's, it's Hank has the line. And he's like, yeah, I get it. You're having fun and cats in the cradle and all that. And I like that as like the the future tense call out because I forgot yep. how this episode ended. 
Um, but like, I like that Hank just kind of calls it out, you know, whatever. Um, Ray Roy's finishing move on Buck as an elbow drop. Fantastic. <laughs> it's an homage to Randy or late great Randy Johnson or Randy. Wow. Randy Savage, <laughs> not Randy Johnson. The That'd be blowing big the bird unit. <laughs> blowing the bird up. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. You're good. That's the second. That's like the second or third time we talked about Randy Johnson murdering a bird. <laughs> um, I fucking love Randy Johnson, guys. The big unit is single-handedly one of the greatest baseball players to have ever played the fucking game. The dude pitched a perfect fucking game when he was over 40 years old, and he obliterated a bird on TV, and that's amazing. <laughs> I hate baseball, and I love Randy Johnson. Um... <laughs> Plus, he's got the best porn name. Oh, also, yeah, dude, like, come on. Randy Johnson. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> forget it, son. You're punching on the heavy bag. It's <laughs> <laughs> a knows. great line. That's an amazing, that is like, dude, Jim Dotrieve. Oh, my God, best line ever written in the series, maybe. Oh, my God. And then I just hearken back to uh, Peggy's pageant fever. And, you know, like Buck was her sponsor, so Buck remembers, you know, like of all the women Buck yep. has had, there was one he never had, and her name was Peggy Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're punching the heavy bag. It's great. Um, And then those are my two favorite moments. Talk to me about, talk to me about some cons, buddy. Um, So first con, this is a Buck episode. Don't like that. Really tired of that. Yep. Hate fucking Buck. Second con. Lately, it's right? Other... A lot of Buck. A lot of Buck lately. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. I, I'm not trying to cut you off, but you're, yeah. There's nope. a ton of Buck lately. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of him. Um, And my second and last con here is it is that entire wrestling scene with Ray Roy. And it's just that I don't believe for a second that Buck can even throw a punch without getting fucking winded. Like, he can. I'm sorry. He can when he needs to. <laughs> I I just, I don't believe it. He's going to get an infarction. He's deadly on sprinting. He can, he'll outrun you every time. Uh, I guess. I my, Most of my cons are just in in how, how this is a, a, a Buck episode and I'm so tired of seeing them because this is a character you yeah. have, you have made... You have made us watch for 13 seasons and have never once tried to change him, which with some people, that's okay. But I'm sorry if you're going to continue to have this character, have these, these, all this shit happen to him, right? He's gone through being reborn again, and he's gone through being a really shitty, like, uh, a boss and trying to, like, straighten his shit up and all that stuff. He's, he was almost convicted of murder and got back together with this estranged wife. He's gone through a lot of shit and still won't change. And he still won't change. And yes, that is very realistic. It's very realistic that a person is going to be that shitty and still go through all this shit and continue to be shitty. That's what humans are like. Sometimes if you don't want to change, you're not going to change. But you know what? You are giving me an idealized version of a human here. He's supposed to fucking change. I'm going on a tangent, buddy. I'm sorry. Why? Why does he need to change? Because it's TV. Because I don't so? sit and watch the same fucking character for 13 seasons be a piece of shit 
and not get to the end of it and want him to be a better person. Nah, you just, sometimes you can't be. I guess. Can't I, all be good. I, can't, all be, can't all be good and resolution-y? I guess not, but I don't know. It doesn't seem to fit with this, this series, right? Everybody gets their, their, their win in the end. Everybody finds his... their way to not be shitty, except for him. Buckets his window, dude. He he goes and tag teams more fucking bimbos with his son. That's how Buck Strickland get like. Don't don't shortchange the win because you don't like the win. Buck wins. He he's come full circle. Like he, okay, so number one, he fucking resolutioned it with his like fucking work son Hank, who's always saving his ass. Um, but yes. then, but then he gets to have his cake and literally eat it off the ass of one of those girls who I assume is named Tiffany or Crystal. Like, absolutely. Buck gets his win, dude. And we get Buck resolution. Like, Buck realizes what a piece of shit he's been across. He wins. This is how Buck wins. Like, um, we're going to see. So, like, if we didn't take, or so, I know we're looking ahead, but, like, Manic Conde as Khan's. Yeah question mark when it was going to be in pour some sugar on con when he was a karaoke king and he that's how con wins like okay that's just the end the 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 win isn't even necessarily a win this is just how we exit on a character and to exit on buck in this way driving off in the sunset to go whoring or to go tomcatting with his son okay that's exactly what it should be otherwise you get an i guess i'd rather do this than buck like suddenly realizing how important hank was because he doesn't care it's a business who cares yeah and I'm, i don't know i'm sorry i feel like i'm being an asshole to you now though so no no you're not and you're you're like you're jumping forward to kind of how i rated this at the end because i i know this is the last buck episode I looked forward. We're never going to get another Buck-centric one again. I don't think he's ever going to be a linchpin character in the rest of this fucking show. And we know he's not making it back into the reboot if they if they ever actually fucking make it because he's going to be fucking dead. Like, right. he's not going he, to have he survived cannot exist. He's not scale. allowed to be alive. Yeah. Yes. And so, okay, I, I will agree with you that, cool, this is a good way to end him, right? He gets his moment with his kid. And he kind of grows up a little bit by acknowledging, hey, I can't be around you. That's exactly why we were kept apart in the first place. At the same time, I'm so fucking tired that that's it. That's all we get is is 20 seconds of a realization and that's it for 13 seasons of him being such a bastard. Hmm. I hmm. just buck in, buck in and of itself is a con to me. Oh, yeah. Every time. Buck fucking sucks. Greatest. Yes. Top 10 villains in the show. Yeah. He but. he might be my number one villain just because I can't fucking stand him. And he, he hurts so many other people with his good intentions. Um, Give me give me your cons, man, because that's all I had in here is really I'm just bitching about the fact that we had to watch another full fucking episode dedicated to this piece of shit. And I'm tired of it. Yeah, I was surprised when you mentioned him. And I don't know why it was, because my first con is, how is Donna still at Strickland? Lost in MySpace was three weeks ago. What the fuck? Right. Which would also be six months, or six weeks in King of the Hill time, but we're not counting that. Um, I have a... Okay, I like Buck and Ray Roy's interaction. I think it's kind of funny. I like the idea of, like, 
so last week we got, you know, nature versus nurture and Lucky and his sister. And this week you get nature over nurture, kind of, I guess. And, like, the idea that Buck is a man-whoring tomcat and that is the only gene that he p- passes to his son other than rampant alcoholism. I think it's hilarious. I really like it. But okay, there is a scene that I keep playing in my head as I watch this this morning at 5 in the morning, and it's of um, fucking Buck and Ray Roy making the Eiffel Tower number one. Or or Ray Roy hitting Buck sloppy seconds, and I just can't. The, I just the wobbly H, wobbly H, the big text where you just wave at each other and say howdy, howdy. folks. As you <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't want to know. I I don't want to know. Maybe they pulled the 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 Alamo where they got taken on one side and then uh oh the Mexican reinforcements came in from the other side I don't want to fucking think about it I just I kept thinking about it and I couldn't escape from that image today um but there's also con okay so it's a pro and it's a con but it's the last scene we talk about endings we have talked about endings through the run of the show um yeah in this ending Buck and his son literally go off into the sunset to just keep Tom Catton. And like, I can't tell if that's a pro or a con because it's, it's the ending that you want the character to hope they get. And that's the ultimate ending for Buck is just hanging out with something that reminds him of him. He'll probably die this week. Buck, Buck Strickland probably dies this week because they start doing Jim Belushi's and that's, or John Belushi's and that's that like that. This is it. But I can't tell if it's good or bad because it's like such a, like punching the dick against the other amazing endings, especially like underscored to cats in the cradle. Like it works so well. It's such a great scene and it's kind of sad in its own right. Like, and this isn't even Mark dwelling on Mark's daddy issues, because I would never go out drinking with Mark Jones. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah, man, this episode ends in such a... It ends so strongly, and I think I don't like how strongly it ends, if that makes any sense at all. No, I. it's not earned. Like, you don't, you don't want Buck to win like this. You really don't. But I he don't. gets to, and I'm not mad that he does. It's it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's a thinker, Mark. Shit. I don't know. I know. I'm sorry. This is our deepest episode yet. This is our resolution. No, like when we, we get way too deep. We no, really. Like I, I don't think we see Buck really in any capacity significantly for the rest of this series, and so we do. We have to kind of say goodbye to him at this point, and. I'm saying goodbye and good riddance because I'm tired of seeing him. I'm tired of seeing him come in and fuck up every other character's life. Okay. Okay. So, that's me. Um, I got one favorite moment. Did you have any? I had a couple. Yeah, go ahead and do yours. The only one I have is Hank ralphing into an old woman's hair because I think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I also appreciate I like his... that she... I was just saying, I appreciate that she's got her, like, they animate her with a, a thing over her head the next time you see her. Like, I can't even show my hair to anybody because it's it's such a, like, a sin almost. 
But also, fuck you. It's just like puke. Like, how much puke have yeah. you gotten in your hair? You know. So that's that's my one favorite moment in this episode. What do what do you got for me? Um, I got a couple. As much as I bitched about it, I'm just gonna call it out. The ending. I really like the ending. I really, I just okay. really like it. It's we all get what we want. Okay, cool. Um, but then Bobby and Joseph in the hotel. We have sat in every single chair. <laughs> that is a pretty good one. That is. That's a very so thirteen-year-old kid boys. thing to do. Yep. Yeah, that is so on point for those boys, and it was great. Um, but then also when they're in the like. There's a lot to like in here, and I guess I should have called it out more a little bit. But like, um, the 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 go between between the like you know the Bucks you know party penthouse versus the ladies spa day, and like you know mm-hmm. it plays off in the end. That's such a, that's a really good scene. We should have talked about that. We didn't. Um, but like, there's a bit in there when they're in the propane commissioner chambers, whatever, and Buck looks at Hank and says. All of propane owes you a debt. I owe you a debt. That's where my ending comes in. And that's where, like, because Buck does. Buck understands. Buck understands that there is no way in hell that he would, you know, he wouldn't be here without Hank. Hank is is integral to Buck and his success. And Buck has treated Hank like shit for years, for decades. The most abusive work relationship to ever exist, maybe. And yet Hank has been there throughout. And I got mad at Hank this episode because he was such a buck simp. But then he also like, you know, folds and becomes not that. I love the drunk speech. I, you know, he's a lecherous and, you know, zoom out and he's a drunkard and zooms in and out. And I love the drunk trip scene. But really, really, it all boils down to really this show has boiled down, at least on the one hand, like talking about resolutions and shit like. Hank has done how many dumb things for Buck throughout the ages. You talk about how this is another Buck episode, so therefore it is a trope that Hank is there for Buck, and now Buck is telling Hank that he owes him a debt. And, like, Buck Strickland's a piece of shit, shit, sure, but I reckon he pays his debts and doesn't forget his, you know, his his friends. I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting romantic about it. (laughs) That's no worries, no worries, man. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Okay, what? <laughs> um, well, what I do you rate it? The ratings then. Yeah. Um. So I gave Memphis. Uh, I gave it a butane. Butane. Um, it's a butane to me. It's this is a watchable episode. I am very happy to say goodbye to this character. Um. That's my, my quote here at the bottom is the best rainbow blazer moment in this episode is that this is the last time we're ever going to see Buck in this, this amount. Like I'm just tired of tired of him. He's a character. I wish they had retired a couple of seasons ago, or at least not used so fucking liberally. So yeah, it's, it's a butane. It's, it's not, that's not a reflection on the content of the episode. I really like how strong Peggy is in this episode. Um, I really like that Hank gets his his Everest moment in this episode. Um, I I love that you called out Bobby and Joseph because that that's a piece of of King of the Hill that feels very unique to King of the Hill, right? Like a couple of thirteen year old kids just going, "We're gonna sit in every chair that we can." It feels I like very your real and authentic. Yeah, um, but I that just dude's running I, I around get... like a chicken. <laughs> I just I get so turned off at the uh, prospect 
of having to deal with lecherous, drunk, womanizing Buck for an entire episode. That it was like, okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be over. I'm waiting okay. for it to be over. So, um, okay. it's a butane. Uh, it's a butane with like a, we're going to put a little asterisk there because Johnny is very clearly biased watching this and there was no way he was going to give it a fair rating. Yeah, this is your uh, Leanne's saga again. It It's very similar. I've got some very similar, at least convictions to it. Um, what did you end up rating this? I'm curious. Oh, well, to quote Mrs. Uh, Scovale, I should feel bad, and yet I don't. <laughs> okay. This is a Char King. I really like this episode. This is... Hot damn. This is a really good episode of King of the Hill. Like, it fits. It feels like it belongs here. This is... You know, we talked a lot about, like, why are the guys here? Because they fucking need to be. That's why they're here. Why is Peggy here? Because she needs to be. Why is Peggy being a bitch at the ladies' prayer breakfast? Because she needs to be. Because they yep. need to set up that Peggy will do anything for her husband. Like, characters are used well. I like the addition of Ray Roy as our favorite guest star. <laughs> fucking yeah. Diedrich Bader. Like... No, man, this is far and away a charking for me. Like, and it's not even a justifiable char or not, you know, not let me do this again. It's not a charking that I feel like I need to justify. Like there's been some I'm like, okay. well, you know, it's this, 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 and this. And I'm just like, this is me like throwing my Buck Strickland out on the table and saying, This is my char king rooster. And then he goes, <laughs> You hit on a seventeen, and I go, I thought it was a four, and then I get chased out and I have a heart attack. But man, dude, yeah. I like it. I like the resolution. I like the wrap up. Hank is Finally, after 13 seasons, getting the the recognition that he deserves. Like, he's he is Strickland propane, you know? Like, yeah. And even the jokes about he, Dale gets to be a bit much in his constant, you and daddy. And, like, yeah, it is you and daddy. Yeah. But really, it's just, I could almost think that maybe in another, if you gave me just, like, anything else, maybe one more side gag, maybe what was Bill doing, I don't know. I almost wonder if this could not maybe hit blue flame for me because it's a really wow. good episode. And when it showed up, I wasn't excited to see it. And I'm, you know, doing these objectively. And like, yeah, this is kind of, um, this is kind of Hank's bully for me where I'm amazed that I like it so much, but okay. I was, I am amazed. I like it so much. And it's a char King, man. This is a really, really good episode of King of the Hill. All right. I'm a little floored, but I love it. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what we're here for, right? We're here to kind of ex explore and, and find these hidden gems. And I, I think I can defiantly say that season 13 knew it was going to be the end of its run. And everybody kind of, they, they took whatever gas they had left in the tank and hit the, the fucking pedal to the floor with it, right? Um, no yeah. idea was too crazy to kind of explore. And there's some real good shit in here. These two episodes today is a great example of that. Like it's people taking chances and and just going for it and and recognizing, hey, we know the source material well enough that we feel like this is going to work. John, season 13, we got a Imperial. I didn't see that one coming. I also didn't see this no. being charking. Like this is Did you double charking this week and I don't know the last time we did that. Oh my god. Oh my god, that's been a while. Yeah. So 
Hot damn. Okay. Well, might guys, have, it might have been Grand Theft the Auto. I don't remember how it breaks down, but according to the list, the last double charking that I might have done was Grand Theft Arlen into Peggy's Gone to Pots, but that also might be paired wrong. So, right. I don't have the breakdown per episode. I just got like the episode listing, but so it either paired gotcha. with Passion of the Dotrieve or Hair Today Gone Tomorrow. Either way, like it's been a fucking season. Yeah. It absolutely has. Well, hey, it's been more than that for you. Is... Like, <laughs> no, not for me. <laughs> it's been um, so much longer than that for you, man. Like, I'm trying yeah. to find one now and I can't. Maybe Bobby the Clown and Orange You Glad I Didn't Say Banana if those two came out together, but possibly. That was season yeah. 10. That was season 10, well, I... so I don't. Season 13, is, it's shaping up to be the Randy Johnson of seasons, right? Because even well into his 40s, the dude could throw heat and. Hot damn if we're not getting some some gold out of season 13 here. They weren't all no-hitters, but by and large, they were enjoyable. Yeah. yeah shit, shit, all you need is one perfect game to be immortalized, so it doesn't matter if you do it in your 20s or 40s. You're there. And we will see if we hit that, you know, rainbow jacket of glory coming up. In the meantime, Johnny, it's time to ask that question. Do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. I love it even more at the prospect of never having to see Buck Strickland again. What about you, buddy? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> um, Calm. Yeah. Calm when you are. <laughs> I Actually, probably. Got a raging boner here. No, I still love King of the Hill. It's great. Um, all right, guys. Seven episodes. Counting down. Here we go. Fucking Chuck Mangione's already playing in the background. But also knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Um, Johnny, where can these good people find us, buddy? The good people of Internet and Podcast Land can always find the dang old podcast. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. It's dead at dang old podcast. All of these places. We've got a group, dang old podcast group. Come and chat with us. You can always ha- catch us on email, dang old podcast at gmail.com. If you guys want to hit us up on Blue Sky, we are High Hammock Studios. Am I correct Radio. on that one, Mark? Radio. High Hammock Radio. Yep, knew I fucked that up. High Hammock You're Radio right. on Blue Sky. This is uh, this is your hub for all things High Hammock related. It's where you can uh, see Mark's other projects that he's got going on and our future project, which, just like I teased last week, is, uh, is, is Colorado-based. Maybe military-based. Who knows? Could be. Might be. I wouldn't even here, right, venture Mark? a guess as to what it could be, Johnny. I shit. I well, maybe somebody else will. Is what it is. Hey, you guys can always reach <laughs> out to me on Instagram. I don't talk a lot, but I do on occasion. I am Krautball. Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Mark, where can these lovely people find you? These lovely people can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, where I'm not there a lot because Twitter is terrible now. But you can also find me at the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a weekly cinematic review podcast where me and my buddy Brad fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge and ask, when can I show this movie to my children? You can also find me at the Two Wizards podcast where me and our buddy Josh stare into the void so you don't have to. And I can tell you, Johnny, this is our Christmas episode. Um, When you guys are listening to this, it will be... Friday the 22nd of December and Christmas is drawing nigh and so number one I want to wish you all um, a very Merry Christmas or a a Happy Hanukkah 
or a solemn Ramadan, or a tip-top Tet, or a crazy Kwanzaa, and I know I've made this joke before, but that's my right because I'm your daddy, and I'm allowed to make this joke, but Johnny, number one, Merry Christmas, I love you, buddy. Listeners, I love you Thank guys. You. Happy holidays, I hope you guys get some really cool shit that you didn't need, but you wanted, and I hope that you saw some people you liked and you ate too much. I lost my train of thought. I love you all, everyone. Go check us out. And all I ask for Christmas is please just go do that five-star review. It costs you so very little. For an entire series run of me and Johnny talking some great shit about a beloved adult animation classic, Shirley. Please, sir, could I have some more five-star reviews? Shirley. <laughs> Why, tw- tis Christmas, sir. Christmas, my good boy. Is the Daniel podcast still in the shop down the way? The Daniel podcast, sir? Why, of course it is. Good, go give it a five-star review, said Uncle Scrooge to the little urchin bot. Go do that thing. But also, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and we love you all, everyone. And, well, we'll see you next week, I guess. Right, Johnny? So far, so good. That's the plan. So far, Thanks so, so much good. for That's listening, guys. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Goodbye. I got cr-